let's move on to our next film here, Sing 2. So we already got the first Sing, uh, which is an Illumination film, which I, it's hard for me to remember. Like, is it Illumination? Is it DreamWorks? I don't know. But no, this is Illumination. And uh, what are you, you talking? See, this is this is like <laughs> very illumination. I guess uh, in ways both bad and good. To be fair, I feel like both DreamWorks and Illumination over the last few years have been sort of like meeting closer to the middle with their movies, and they're becoming a little bit less indistinguishable than they used to be. That's just my opinion, but uh, I don't know. I feel like DreamWorks has been. To their credit, I feel like they've been kind of trying to push away from that stigma that they have where it's like, oh, we're like the B grade team. Like they're, they're they, you know, they're doing like some How to Train Your Dragons or doing a little bit more. To uh, like, I think that era is long past. They're now in the like, Wish Dragon kind of. Oh, oh, I guess it's yeah, Sony, huh? Well, Boss Baby, I guess it's a big one they have. There now, we right? go. Boss Baby. That's DreamWorks. Uh, yeah, they're kind of in a forgettable age at this moment, though. I saw a trailer for one they have coming up called. The bad, the bad guys. guys that and actually looks pretty uh interesting to me i mean i didn't i didn't know anything about it going into it but i didn't realize the style was going to be more like spider-verse than i was anticipating i thought it was just going to be like a generic anime film but it actually looks like it's like mixing it's 2d idea. and 3d yeah, it, it looks like it has like a, an interesting visual aesthetic which is uh definitely step one yeah you know what i mean not saying it not saying it looks good just like oh visually this looks much more interesting than i anticipated right so, yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. see if it's good like literally uh when we do but in, in terms of movies that i i think it look good enough. That's how I feel about the first thing. Like, I, I don't think this the first thing is like a a bad movie or anything like that. I think you it's, liked it better than I did for sure. It's a movie it's a that sweet, I didn't watch like when it first came out. Yeah. I, it took me a minute to get to it. It's a sweet little movie that I think is <sighs> kind of in that B minus C plus area where it's uh, it's not quite great. And I think it's not even particularly good, but it has such a pure heart. And I think for Illumination, that is uh, pretty rare because I feel like a lot of their other films feel very capitalistic and it feels like they're kind of chasing the trends. Yeah, they're trying to be movies. the new Looney Tunes. They're, they're trying to create right. these like, you know, vignettes of I, like slapstick cartoonish comedy and stringing them together in feature length movies yeah. to varying success. I think like you, you have movies like I, Minions, which makes like billions of dollars, right? But then right. other times, not so much. I mean, Secret Life of Pets 2 was uh, the follow-up to I know Secret Life of Pets was like, people really liked that movie, right? That was, uh, I think, same year mm-hmm. as Sing, or like right at, or yes. right before. And uh, the yeah. sequel? I just, yeah. yeah, whatever. Uh, I think the biggest thorn in Sing's side is that it's ultimately just a little too derivative for its own good. Uh, and I think it's never quite as clever or as uh, unique as it should be to really stand out. But at the same time, I think it's more sincere than uh, critics and maybe some audiences give it credit. Uh, you know, whether or not it's being sincere is whatever to me. Like in this case, I don't really care. It's like, it can be sincere. That's fine. I, I'm You're fine here to that. hear folks. But John doesn't <laughs> care about your sincerity. <laughs> I don't care about the sincerity of an illumination film. I'll, I'll put it that sure. way because you know, yeah. it, it, it's like, that's nice. But like, what about the movie itself? I don't know. But well, in terms of the first yeah. thing, I think it's very watchable, you Absolutely. know, decent family film. I, you know, the premise is some fun. cringy humor, some cringy bits, but otherwise pretty watchable, pretty sweet. Yeah, it's it's kind of got the same, it, it, not the same, but it, it, it's got a similar setup to like Zootopia. OK, like we got a world full of talking animals, but whereas Zootopia was a very like, I mean, it's very Disney, you know, they, they spent a ton of time like building that world, making it feel like this is what a world built by animals would actually be. Yeah, this is like you could you could transpose these characters with humans and it wouldn't be that different. And that's kind of the point. It's just yeah. sort of like it's a gimmick to sort of make I it think, more cartoonish yeah. and silly. 
I mean, yeah, because like the first movie, like there's clearly some thought point to like obviously like the the elephant is like shy, but she's like big. So there's like the contradiction there. Like they have Seth MacFarlane's kind of like wise cracking guy, but he's like the little mouse, and obviously like same. He's bizarrely with, uh, missing Matt. from this movie. Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but um, but you know, uh, like obviously like. It's very literal, but like the koala, Matthew McConaughey's character is like the little guy who's like dreaming big and all that. And it's like, you know, they play with like size a lot and stuff like that, but they don't really, like they don't really play up with the animal aspects of it that much weirdly right well i'm talking especially about the setting you know zootopia is a timeless setting you can watch that movie in 10 years and not even know it was made in 2016 whereas sing you're going to be like oh yeah that was made you know because it's so instantly dated by how contemporary it is not that that's a bad thing i think that you know i think the movie yeah it's it's a perfectly Uh, uh you know respectable approach you want to make a contemporary talking animal movie just do it sure but I'm just saying that is a limitation that comes with the I, territory. I think you're maybe a little bit more favorable on Zootopia than I am, but I get your point. Like, I think there's a lot more thought and thematic depth to Zootopia that's just clearly absent from Sing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the biggest Zootopia fan. I know some people rave about that movie. And, and I remember that was the year that I was like, no, 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 Moana. Like, that is that is the Disney film that really, like, kicks but uh, that, people were like, no, 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 agree. Zootopia is about yeah. something. And I'm like, is it? <laughs> okay. Sure. Uh, I just think it's kind of a, uh, it's a bit of a, conflu- a confused metaphor, but I appreciate what it's going for. And the fact that Same. Disney did that. Uh, I just think I, I don't the think world really building works, of it is like yeah, the coolest yeah. thing about it. Right. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. That's all I'm saying. But uh, yeah, Sing 2 is the the sequel, which I got to be honest. I was like, uh, what do you do for the sequel? You know, like after the first one, it's like it's basically like a an American Idol voice kind of like singing competition story about, you know, animal characters who aren't, you know, your standard, your, your stereotypical sort of like performers finding that sort of fame and success. And then going into this movie singing too, I was like, well, how do you do that in 2021 when we're in, we're firmly in the TikTok era? Like Vine was around back in 2016, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really considered a place where people like the everyday person go on to an app and like perform and like do all these things and get discovered. We had things like YouTube, but it, even then it was still kind of like rarefied. Like we had Bo Burnham and Justin Bieber, I guess, but we just, we didn't have that sort of like influencer culture where somebody could come from nothing and suddenly become like a superstar. Now we have like Billie Eilish, you know what I'm saying? And, and even then people are like, well, you know, a lot of that stuff is gamified, you know, like the, if you if you really look into like TikTok influencers, like a lot of them, it's like planned for them to become famous, whatever. Uh, I'm not here to debate that. But I will say with Sing 2, it does go into a, a bit of an interesting direction. So, you know, we meet, we find out, you know, Buster Moon, who's once again voiced by Matthew McConaughey. Things are going great with the new theater and everything. But, yeah, they have they have issues like impressing a talent scout, uh, kind of saying like, OK, you want to move to the next level, but you, you don't have what it takes. And so the singers from the first film are like, well, we got to we got to do something. We got to we got to do a Hail Mary, kind of go for broke. They go to this place called Red Shore City which is kind of like a Las Vegas sort of like hybrid with LA, but mainly Las Vegas where they're going to try to like muscle their way into, you know, the entertainment biz, like really like create something amazing. And it's not a competition this time. They're going to put on a big performance, like play kind of thing. You kind of were telling me, you think that it's like a commentary on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Is that right? Well, yeah, you're stealing my thunder a little bit. I'm sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> I have Go no ahead. idea for sure if that's the case, but the idea that like a kind of uh, 
you know, a small town theater guy hits it big, gets a chance to make a big sci-fi blockbuster. I look at Garth Jennings' filmography, a music video director, TV director that hits it big by getting the chance to direct Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I have no idea, to be clear, if that has any connection to this movie or if it's autobiographical in any sense. I just think it's an interesting parallel. That's my that's okay. my only point with that. Yeah. My yeah. review of Sing 2 is basically the same as the first movie. Perfectly watchable. There's nothing really offensive about this movie. I think that it's going to, you know, age like milk, you know, for a lot of people. They're going to watch it and be like, yeah, that was a nice time. It's kind of like your, your typical MCU movie in that respect. Like, it's going to kind of fleet away. Uh, pretty quickly, I think. Uh, I do appreciate the vocal performances in here. This is one of those few animated movies from like Illumination, the, where I actually think that they they put a lot of thought into who voices who, which celebrities voice who. I think that Reese Witherspoon is is one of my favorite things about both of these movies. She she voices Rosita, the uh, the kind of like housewife pig who wants to you know strive for more. Uh, I think Scarlett Johansson is not my favorite kind of performance in these movies, but in this one, I think that. She made a bit more of an impression, uh, mainly because she gets to interact more with uh, a new character voiced by Nick Offerman, who I think is really good in this, actually. Like, I, I was actually kind of quite taken a bit uh, by his character. And I was like, oh, th- this is actually an angle to this sort of story I wasn't expecting. And I'm kind of like, um, was it Nick Offerman was in the first one? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not thinking of Nick Offerman. I'm thinking of Bono. <laughs> Oh, the okay. uh, Clay Calloway character. Sorry, sorry. I, not Nick Offerman. Not, Nick Offerman is Rosita's husband. It's because I was right. just talking about Rosita. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, I was sorry, genuinely sorry. confused because like, yeah, I, I, unless you just forgot, he, he is in the first one very briefly, but he is. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, Bono is who, <laughs> who I meant to say there, uh, who voices this kind of like this lion character who is sort of like past his prime and dealing with a tragedy. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're clearly trying to go for something a bit more emotional here. Maybe this is a hot take. I'm, I, I haven't talked about this with you, so I don't know. I think Bono is like actually pretty good in this. Like That's I was what not I'm expecting saying. it. That's yeah, what I'm saying like, right now. I was surprised. I was just like, okay, yeah. you know, like they hired Bono because he's a name or whatever, but he gives like maybe the best performance in the film. <laughs> That's what <laughs> like, I'm saying. It's just, it's just yeah. like kind of surprising. I'm like, oh, right, wow, exactly. This, yeah, this is like, like kind of this has something I, to it. Because I heard him like you know like Bono like Bono's Bono whatever. But like I heard it's like oh I spent time studying lions and all this like whatever you're playing a lion and sing to like whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like he gives like this like emotionally cathartic performance and it's like oh how how about that. You know, good for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, nice job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Halsey is kind of good in this. Uh, she plays a new character named Portia, who's the the daughter of the kind of the main antagonist of this movie, who's like the the wolf character guy, voice, uh, voiced by Bobby Cannavale, who who also does well. I just think everybody in this is good. Nick Kroll is yeah. still as good as ever as Gunter. I think that uh, Taron Egerton, he, he doesn't do as much in this movie as Johnny, um, but I still think yeah, that was weird. Yeah. He's all right uh, as well. Yeah, he's fine. This he, he, it does kind of feel like. Well, we can't get rid of him, but we don't really yeah. have anything to do with him this time. His we'll arc kind of is over. Like, yeah. yeah, right. Not over, but it's just like the most interesting aspect of it is kind of past. Right. Um, yeah. It's very sequely like. It's like kind of like when you're in like season three of a show, and it's just like, well, we kind of did everything we wanted to do with you in seasons one and two. Yeah, so, they're still uh, there, but they're not quite. Right. You know, they're contributing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And then uh, my favorite character, though, voiced by Garth Jennings, is, of course, Miss Crawley. Miss Crawley gets all the best laughs. Uh, clearly the most inspired Fan character. Favorite. This this movie's Edna Mode. Let's just say it. Yeah, um, probably 
the highlight of the movie is her rocking out to uh, Sismo Down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great scene. Uh, <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, when she gets she gets a, a chance to sort of be the director and is bossing people around. I'm just like, yeah, this is this is the wavelength I want this movie to be oh, at yeah. right now. No, I, I thought that was a good bit because like obviously like the joke you're thinking of is just like oh like she's gonna be clumsy and like let this whole production go but like or go the crap. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, it's obviously like she like becomes like a dictator. Sense. <laughs> it's it's I, I think it's a good yeah, joke. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Not every like I said before, not every vocal performance is quite there for me. I think that Pharrell is in this movie, which I would never would have guessed that was Pharrell until was, the credits came up. Who was he? I saw him exactly, in the credits. Right? Yeah, yeah. Who was he? Who who did he, he play? He he plays the elephant who sells ice cream. Oh, and that's just him? like you're gonna get Pharrell for that role? Does he has even say uh, has there been any discourse about that relationship? Uh no, I don't think so. Why? Okay. No, I just that's a joke. Uh, like, Tori Kelly dis- uh, yeah. voices the character, right, yeah. uh, of course, yeah, uh, or reprises the character. And hey, Tori Kelly, that is another person who is who became a celebrity through YouTube. So there you go. A little bit of f- full yeah. circle this there. I know she was on American she, Idol too, but yeah, she probably gives the best performance in the original film. Very uh, good in the original. Yeah, this one, yeah. I think, is okay. Like I, again, I don't think the, the character I like, I cared about the most in this movie was I, the, you know Bono's lion and also Reese Witherspoon's Rosita, which I I, I don't know. I was kind of clicking with those characters more. I think Matthew McConaughey still kind of he's still doing the same thing here. He's he's not he, he's not pushing pushing the. He's envelope. doing what you want from him. He's you know charismatic huckster. You know. Trying yeah, yeah. to trying to get the show together. The show must go on. He's your Kermit the Frog figure, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, we, uh, we, have Ch- we have Chelsea Peretti here as like kind of uh, just like an assistant who's kind of like around delivering exposition. I was like, ah, I feel like that was overcast. Like, yeah, again, not everything works. Letitia Wright is, is playing this like Lynx who helps teach Johnny how to dance. It's just again, like I'm just like, OK, I think it's like over overcasting Eric Andre. Uh, I do. I think he was okay. He he plays like this yak. Who yeah, he, he was does fine. A duet, you know. Uh, yeah, cool. He's in it, right? Uh, to me, it's again. It's like it's like casting that is just for the trailer, so that you can be like boom, 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 like every celebrity's name. And you're just like right. Whoa, whoa, that. Whoa. That is a very uh, DreamWorks thing for sure. They they definitely took that from the DreamWorks handbook. But uh, yeah, uh, overall though, well, we we really set this up. I mean, Sing Two. Uh, what's your thought uh, do you think this uh, one is uh any better any worse yeah uh speaking of setup i have to i guess acknowledge my uh history with um garth jennings uh it's very short um he's your father uh, no uh <laughs> i hope he's uh, if he ever gets a chance to listen I, I would like to thank him more officially but uh in 2015 um i went to new york city somewhat spontaneously uh and uh, i was there i was gonna move there um it didn't work out uh, i went to a couple of job interviews uh the second to last day i was there i was just kind of going around i didn't make any plans because i did this kind of spontaneously but i went by the cherry lane theater and i saw it there playing uh oh hello uh the john mulaney nick kroll show nick kroll's also in this film and uh, as he is in the previous film uh you know being a 20 something young 20 something year old guy i was just like oh I'll just go up to the box office and get a ticket obviously that's not the way things work in new york city <laughs> especially for a hot show like oh hello uh as i go up to the box office uh, i asked for a ticket uh the lady's like oh i'm sorry we don't have tickets uh i see a hand come down a guy is like hey um my friend uh didn't come but i have an extra ticket would you want it i get to the front row uh, and I meet the guy, and I found out that guy is Garth Jennings. No way. That's a true what? story. What? I never told you a story? 
No, you've always kept so, it close to your chest, waiting yeah. for just the right time. So <laughs> the he right time spontaneously gave me uh, front row tickets to Oh Hello off Broadway. So. I have always wondered because you have those photos of like you yeah. and John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. And I always knew there was a story there, but I was like, Will's yeah. not going to give that up easy. So I, don't know, I think it's a pretty fun story. Um, Very cool. Anyway, what year was this? That was 2015. Um, that was a year oh, before Sing One came out. Yeah. So. All that to say, um, I'm very affectionate towards Garth Jennings, but he also made a lot of films I like a lot. I like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, I like same. Son of Rambo. Yeah, um, yeah. I really like his music video work. He did uh, a couple music videos for R.E.M., my favorite band. He's done a few others. Um, I feel like he kind of gets overshadowed compared to some of his contemporaries like Spike uh, Jones, mm-hmm. who kind of did some similar work. Uh, or like well, hey, Spike Andre. Jones has an uh, uncredited cameo in this movie or an uncredited voice role. Oh, yeah. I know they're friends. Um but yeah, I mean, I think he, you know, he hasn't had the same success as like a Michel Gondry or a Spike Jones. But I think he, like I said before, I think he's a pretty sincere filmmaker. And I think he puts a lot of heart into his films. I think even though they, they only kind of live up to like B level, I think he makes pretty nice, well-meaning films. And I think certainly the Sing movies are no exception. I, I think similar to the first movie, it's not super memorable. and It doesn't really stand out compared to some of its uh, um peers as far as like being you know like you said not quite as inventive as utopia not really having the same like thematic depth as something like a pixar film or even some of the better dreamworks films but i think compared to some of illuminations previous films i think there's more here the value it doesn't feel quite as cold or cynical i don't love the animation style of these films but i think uh this movie feels a lot more cinematic in its presentation it looks like Garth Jennings was a lot more interested in making this movie feel more epic and grand. And I think he pulls it off pretty well. I, I think I, I also like the expanding scope. I, I like that we get more time with the characters. I don't think it balances those characters always particularly well. And I think it's maybe a little bit too long for its own yeah, good. True, but true. I admire the ambition here. And I don't think it's like an amazing movie or anything. But um, I I had a decent time with it. But maybe I'm just a little biased. I don't know. I did it, it, things I liked. I liked that they take us to a new place, a new place that kind of feels big, and they put a lot of effort into making it feel big. I think that that whole aspect of like Red Shore City, I think it's a weird name, but in terms of just sort of being like, hey, like let's take these characters you already know and put them in a totally new environment. I think it's more successful too at like making this place feel very unique and and distinct because I think in the last movie, I, yeah, it, it was more of a forgettable thing, the location, uh, not so in this. And then also, uh, we were talking, we were chatting about this. I like that the villain gets to be a villain. Like the villain actually does despicable, horrible things. And it's not like glossed over or like wishy-washy or it's like, well, the villain has to be sympathetic or, you know, we can't have any villain because it's, you know, that's how movies are made these days. That has been something that's been not bugging me a ton, but bugging me a little bit with some animated movies that are just like, like we get it. Like you don't have to have a villain like Toy Story proved in 1995. You can have a great movie without like a very pronounced villain. You, You can have like an antagonist like Sid, right? But, you know, I think that these movies like animated movies in general are starting to overcorrect a little bit with that. Maybe like I think in Encanto at times people are kind of like, I kind of wish there was a villain mm-hmm. here. Maybe like, I don't know if I would agree with that myself, but like Luca is kind of like that. that. You just kind of have like yeah. a bully character. So it, it, it's a nice change of pace is all I'm saying It's like, yeah, well, you know, it's... we still can have this movie where like you have a pretty terrible villain that you can mm-hmm. sort of, you know, follow the movie and just be like, man, he's bad. He's good at being bad. 
Right. Yeah, I get what you mean, because it's not like there's that scene where it's just like, you'll understand we get a flashback as him as a little cub or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I couldn't be in the singing competition. They let him be on stage and he gets to sing a monologue and, or, a, right, it, right. It, you know, whatever. It, there's none of that. He's just a really bad guy and he attempts murder. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, that's, uh, it's not like he's Scar, what's, what's but he's Garth, like, yeah. What's Garth Jennings trying to say here? I was wondering. I was like, hmm. Uh, what's... I, Let's put it this way. I told you this already. I did look up to see if Scott Rudin was a producer on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So far as I know, he wasn't involved. Not, but no. I did wonder if Scott Rudin was the main influence for this character. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, Scott Rudin, you know, it's been an open secret for years, but even more so this year, people have come out and been like, he, he's a very, you know, well-known Hollywood producer. And people have been like, this guy's toxic. This guy is like and, uh, the, big the worst producer. of the worst. And what? He, he did a lot of stage productions, like Broadway stuff as yes. well. He's like a he's one of the few egots. Right. And yeah, he, he's just sort of like somebody that you do not want to mess with in, in Hollywood. And so, like, I think uh, you certainly were not alone in thinking this got written when watching this movie, uh, to be totally clear. Although, I mean, the timing of it, you know, it's, it's hard to say. Like, was that really intentional? I kind of think it was. But, you know, I'm a bit of a conspiracy nut. You know me. But anyway. uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel like it's like Carvey Weinstein. So, like, I mean, right. yeah, I don't know who else it could. I mean, there there are several, you know, maybe less notable, but uh, clearly influential producers that could have been inspired from. I don't think it's any one person, but Scott Rudin was Certainly the one that came composite. to mind the most. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now we got it. We haven't talked about the music in a movie called Sing 2. <laughs> Let's talk about the music. I think the music is horrific. I think it's horrible. Like, if there's one thing about this movie I do not like, and I think is just painful most of the time, not every single, like, of course, not every single, but I think by and large, when people started singing or when a song started coming on, I was like, please, God, let it stop. Uh, I do not like how they do music and, and in both of these movies. I think in the first movie is much better. Like, I don't know. There's a little bit more heart to it half the time. And this, I'm just like, oh, uh, like, it's just cringe to me and and i'm not saying it's gonna be cringe for everybody like i think like it's it's kind of got the big pop music appeal that some people be like i know that song uh for me it's just like oh not that song again um so i i gotta i gotta i gotta say it. I, uh, I, when it comes to the music i'm out like no thanks i didn't mind the music i, I think it's well produced i i think the music kind of saves both movies like because they just really? like i think wow. i think both movies come together because of the music but at the same time, uh, to your credit, I think it's annoying that they don't have more original music. Like it just like it's just a lot of like karaoke, you know, top forty songs or like you know like retro eighties, nineties favorites. Like I think that's kind of annoying. Uh, and I, I oh, wish I like, just, it's, you know, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I just remembered Pharrell does sing in this movie. I was kind of saying that earlier. He, I, yeah, I totally he does, forgot he, he sings. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that it's because it's not really him, but it is. But anyway, sorry. Got I got you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, for me, it just especially because like they had the opportunity with this movie with the 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 fake show or not fake uh, in the movie, but like fake in real life uh, out of this world, um, whatever the the stage epic fantasy. Though, did you think a lot about the um, what was the name of the show in Tick Tick Boom? Like the show within the show. The show within the show. Uh, oh, Superbia. Yeah, Superbia. Did you kind of think this was no, like? No, I it, didn't really. Well, I uh, think I watched Tick Tick Boom after I saw Sing Two. I saw oh, Sing really? Two a while okay. ago. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, it, it just was like 
I kind of feel like this show is if like Superbia actually got made. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I, I, yeah. I didn't make that uh, connection before. Mm. But um, but no, I agree. Like because like you have like this opportunity with Out of This World to be like, here are some original songs that we can do, and you know we can sell a soundtrack this way or whatever. But they're all, all just all original like covers. songs though, because they had other car- yeah, it was covers. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm saying. What you're saying. Okay. My point is that they only really do covers. I feel like they should be doing original songs. Well, isn't the Clay Callaway song an original? Uh, it's still what I haven't found what I'm looking for. Is, oh uh, yeah, was that a YouTube song? song? Am, am I thinking of something else? I, I thought that I there no was idea. one song they did. They that, might. Okay. Um, I feel like if that's the case, they're very few and far between that there are original songs in this movie. I um, I think there may only be like one or two because uh, I'm looking at the track list now. I'm like, oh yeah, these are all covers. <laughs> I just didn't know them as well. Um, but you know, hey, on that note, I do think that the I still haven't found what I'm looking for is a really good. Like that actually is really good. Like one of the few times in the movie where I was like, okay, I'm clicking with this thing. There are other songs, like there's an Ariana Grande song in this. I'm just like, okay, here we go. Uh, there was um, that uh, bad guy that they do in this, at, which I thought was like the one time I think I've heard that song in a movie where I'm like, this kind of fits. Like, I didn't hate oh, that. Did you not see Brightburn? No. Is uh, it? Brightburn uses it pretty funnily. Brightburn it, it, it fun, uses bad yeah, Bright, guy? Yeah, it's The movie funny. about an evil Superman yeah. child? Okay, I got I don't want to give away in what context, but the way all they right. use it is pretty funny. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, um, yeah. And then uh, I, I'm kind of looking at the rest here. I, I, I kind of appreciated that Halsey did a cover of the Strut song, Could Have Been Me, and it's actually pretty, pretty like, rocking. I, I kind of was into that. Other than that, I did not like any of the other music. Just me. I mean, I don't love the music. I, I, I guess I don't have your favorite soundtrack uh, of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, this is, you know, this is such an overstuffed year for musicals. And I guess thing two technically counts as one. But like, when I think back, I'm like, oh, this isn't really like a musical, even though they sing like every other five minutes because they're all covers. Like, it, and then, you know, it, it is a jukebox musical, which I'm not particularly fond of, but, um, you know, as a genre. But uh, at the same time, yeah, I don't, I don't think any of the songs are done poorly or anything like that. Okay. Well, I think me. I've I think I've said my piece on saying too. I think that this is a pretty straightforward. You know, it's uh, it's fun for the kids. You know, it's it's got its expected flaws, but I don't think it's egregiously bad anything, and it has a few nice surprises. So you know, sure, that's that what this, that's what this movie is. There you go. I, I said in my letterbox review, which actually kind of took off. <laughs> a lot of people seem to like it. Uh, I said, yeah, uh, I went back and I saw it got like. <laughs> Got a lot of likes. I was like, it wow. Did. Well, it's because I said this is the most James Corden movie that doesn't have James Corden in it. <laughs> That's a fair point. I stand by it. Good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just kind of hard to be uh, hard not to be annoyed by Lumination as a company at this point. I'm kind of in the same camp with them as I am with Marvel, where it's like the movies themselves, I'm not particularly mad about because they're just like they're kind of fodder for kids. Like they're not they're not great but they're not terrible like the minion stuff i i like i hate the in principle i hate the minions as like same but they're harmless like, I, but I like when you see the minions like when i see them on screen i'm like yeah the minions are kind of cute like you know like they're like you know it's amusing but i hate that they're like a brand now like they are like the cornerstone of cgi animation as a genre right now but like when i see the uh when i see the minions on screen here like i see the trailer for the new minions or i see them and the um illumination logo i'm like yeah minions are cute and i feel like that's my relationship with every illumination movie except for like despicable me 3 and the lorax and the grinch i'm just like most of the time just like yeah this is cute this is nice i i don't like that this is like 
the highest grossing animated film of 2021 but like i don't know if that's if it's that high but it's like up there right like it did better than ryan the last dragon and oh yeah and and stuff right it's demolishing and kanto and ryan which is kind of depressing didn't even get a theatrical release but this did okay sure i mean granted like yeah that's a big one like i i think this is actually i like this more than ryan the last dragon but like the fact that a movie like this is uh doing better financially than an original uh high concept anime film like that is pretty depressing but at the same time you know when i watch it i'm like yeah that's cute that's nice i'm not having a bad time watching this and i feel like that was my relationship with the first movie and that's my relationship with the the next one or this new one but at the same time uh a week from today i'm not gonna be thinking about this movie that much i think there are only two illumination movies i like like you know, I don't love any of them. Uh, like, I, mean, I, don't, I don't love any. Like, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, like yeah. you kind of heard me. Like, I think Lorax is an abomination. Um, oh, yeah, I really, stinks. really hate that one. Um, the two that I like are probably the first two: Despicable Me and Hop. You like, were I like pretty those fun. Two movies. Oh, Hop! I forgot about Hop. Hop is pretty bad, in my opinion. You thought Hop was bad? Uh, I, yeah, thought, I thought Hop was bad. I had a good time with Hop. I was hopping and hopping and rolling I, with that one. I like the first. Well, first Despicable Me, I think, is fine, and I like the second one kind of. Yeah, uh, it's, it's I think okay. the second one's probably the, I think the second one's probably the best of the three. Um, I, I disagree it, there, but I do like. I fell asleep during Despicable Me too. Uh, the Grinch, I okay. I almost liked. I'm I was so close to really liking that one. That but movie, it just, God, it like almost it was so close. The Grinch is just like, it, is it better than the Jim Carrey one? I guess, but like I constantly forget that that came out and that made like a billion dollars and it's just like i forget that was a thing <laughs> kind of funny in retrospect but yeah uh it's just you know what look if illumination is your thing if you're like look I, like I, I show up for illumination that's my studio power to you i think that it is a certain type of movie that i just i just don't click with myself but I, it's not that i don't think anybody uh, gets wrong to like these movies or to like the minions have fun you know, I think it is if there's one thing that they have managed to package pretty well is it's bringing joy to people. It's making people happy. Right. So I, I, I am glad that, that is the case. They literally have a song that got nominated for an Oscar yeah. called Happy, which is like, I feel the like that song, of our time. that song is like that just kind of describes Illumination as a brand, though. It's just like yeah, yeah. not a great song, but it's like catchy. If it's on the radio, I'll listen to it and I'll like bob my head. And I then afterwards, I'll, 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 I'll switch the station. But, you know, you <laughs> that's, okay. that's just me. But I feel like like, that's like this kind of sums up like every Illumination movie or like three out of four Illumination movies where it's just like they're not great. Like I I won't really defend them artistically, but when I watch them, like, yeah, this is fine. I did see Pharrell perform live once and he did do Happy and I didn't leave. So I guess that would have been that credit. It would have been funny if you had that story, but it was just like, and then he met, he introduced me to Nick Kroll and John (laughs) Mulaney. He was like, hey, I got an extra ticket for uh, Secret Life of Pets too. Right. Uh, You want in on this? Uh, Yeah. um, Okay. So that's thing two. Let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game. 95 reviews have been counted. Not a lot. Uh, This movie's been out for a week and, you know, critics are being like, I think we're good. (laughs) Okay. But uh, yeah, only 95 critics. So what, what do you think though? The tomato meter the critic score is at this point um this could be anywhere at this point i don't honestly know um 76 percent. yeah i know you're gonna have an instant reaction to this okay. i'm gonna preempt it you're gonna think is this it is like, very nice 69 percent. 
Uh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I thought you were going to say like 96% or something like what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which it's not far off from the first saying. The first saying has a 71%. Now, what do you think the audience score is though? Audience score, we got 2,500 plus verified ratings. Critics yeah. are being like, we, we didn't, we didn't watch it. Audiences are being like, we saw it twice. Sure. Um, I will say, I think overall, I think Sing 2 is better than Sing 1. I don't know if I mentioned that in our actual review. But um, as far as the audience score, I think they're going to be high. I think they're going to be like 86%. 98%. Wow, I, they are high. That's that's pretty pretty wild. Uh, what about high. cinema score, though? Now we got to take the, the folks in oh, Vegas. <laughs> this one, I, I have to apologize because I actually know oh, this one. Oh, you know. You know it's because, an A+. And I didn't, I didn't cheat. Let me be clear. Yeah. I didn't cheat. This is all because of Instagram. Instagram. I went on Instagram and I was scrolling through the feeds. I got an ad for Sing 2 and it said A plus cinema score. And it's like I couldn't like swipe away to avoid it. So I, it's okay. I was spoiled. I understand. Oh, I understand. Well, when you have an A plus cinema score, you got to expect the advertising is going to catch up. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm just saying I knew that one in advance. I, that would have been a fun one to discover on the podcast. But unfortunately, I knew it. Yeah, it's the rare A+. plus. We were just talking on the show about like how rare that is. And uh, there, there have been a couple. Of, we got an A-plus recently, right? With uh, was Spider-Man Away Home the A-plus we were just talking about? Uh, yes, I believe yeah. so. So there you go. I uh, don't think it was Matrix Resurrections, yeah. even though I like that film quite so a bit So close. Yeah. 